Well, everyone, welcome back to I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist. This is episode 11.3. You lucky teenage fundy teeny boppers, you all get three episodes in one day. Um, and as if, you know, you didn't see enough of us already, B and I have got the very famous, or dare I say, infamous Anthony Venn Brown, who has been telling us a lot of his stories over the last two episodes. And now we're going to get into uh, another another dimension or another angle, which is talking about what he does now, what he's learned and what, what positivity has come. Because that's one thing, B, that we've always said, isn't it, that we want this to have a positive spin. So while the last two have been super heavy, hopefully now we can talk about the positive side and 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 bring that all to the fore. So if it's all right with you, Anthony, I'm going to start with asking you a question, and it's kind of a big question, right? Now, I can remember reading books when I was in church about homosexuality. I think there was one written by a guy named Tim LaHaye, um, and it said that homosexuality was caused um, by being a phlegmatic personality mixed with an absentee father and a dominant mother. This is in men um, and in women. It was the reverse, right? It was um, a absent mother and a dominant too close or however you want to say it relationship with the father. And then we were told that it was purely a choice, right? That people chose, you know, in spite of all that, in spite of everything, the biopsychosocial feeding in of all this, it's still ultimately a choice. How do you respond to that now? Think about that. Why? Why? Don't give me 10 reasons why you would choose to be gay. Give me one. <laughs> why would people choose to be rejected? Why would they choose to possibly miss out on promotions at work? Why would they choose to possibly be rejected by their family? Why would they choose all these things? The most ridiculous argument of the Christian church about homosexuality over previous decades has been, oh, you chose to be gay. And it is through every book that you'll find, Christian book on homosexuality from the 1960s, and I'm researching this stuff, so, you know, I've read the garbage. What they did was they rehashed a theory that was in the mental health professional world in the 50s and 60s, <laughs> which never worked. <laughs> And finally, they said it's not actually an illness that needs to be cured. So they dropped that in 1973. And that's really when the Christian church took that up. Well, this is really what it is. But it was just great in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, but there are people who still, you know, I still come across people who believe that. It's environmental, you know, it's because of your father was distant because your mother was, you know, too dominant and so forth and so on. The other thing, of course, is they talk about sexual, um, you know, you've been sexually abused, so that causes homosexuality. It's an orientation. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, growing up in, in my neighbourhood, if it was all about absentee fathers and mothers that were too involved in your in your life, we'd all be gay. That's the way exactly like up, you know? that. My whole generation, like dads, were they were the providers in the family, you know, they would work till 
whatever hour they come home, have their dinner, go to bed, and you there was no, there was really nothing going on. They just were an authority figure, and um, you know, mums were there looking after their kids. So there, there should be like the majority of that generation should be gay. The men, mm. if that theory was, but it's garbage. Yeah, it doesn't. Wake up to yourselves. If anyone who believes that, like, please do yourself a favour and start doing some reading. So, Anthony, nineteen ninety one, you walked away from ministry. We heard your story in that in, in the last episode because you didn't feel there was a choice. Mm. You had to choose one or the other. Mm. Where do you sit with that now? Is is there a faith or a God in your life as well as being able to be homosexual? I would rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. And I've learned to live in the ministry, in the in the in the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> audience, audience, yeah. 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 <laughs> you've done both. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, what was it? So, I'll give you a little bit of an idea of my journey uh, with this. So, of course, when I walked away, I walked away from everything. So, there was no congruence between those two things, my faith and my sexual orientation. Um, and I thought I was going to go to hell for my for choosing or accept. No, let me rephrase that: for accepting my sexual orientation, no longer fighting it after 20-something years. Um, and then I just thought that, because I'd heard so much about being a lonely old gay man, I thought, oh, well, I don't want to be that. I'm going to, okay, I'll be out for eight years and I'll kill myself at 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not a lonely old gay man. I'm just, I can live without guilt for a few years, which would be nice. But I didn't. I didn't see a future for me. And Look, I, then, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to make light of this. But fifty's not old, by the way. No, it's not. No, but yeah, well, that was it. Because you know, if, at least I'm leaving the planet, or my existence. You know. Yeah, still reasonably attractive, maybe. Because <laughs> mm. I was, thought it was all about attractiveness. Um, and then what happened to me was that. Um, I did a personal development course. Yeah. And this personal development course had a spiritual content in it. And so as I'm doing this course, I'm I'm coming across stuff I'm really familiar with, like, you know, sowing and reaping about positive thinking, about forgiveness. I used to preach on all this stuff, like, and then I got to the point where I thought, I wonder if I've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. And maybe there is some, maybe I could still have my faith and be gay. But these two things are not opposed. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a particular exercise, which was a part of this course. And it was very confronting because the word God came up. Now, I have been parting for about six to eight years. <laughs> yeah. I don't think about God. You know, I, I'm, I'm medicating myself. I'm, I'm, I'm living out the anger. <laughs> I'm doing all this stuff. Um, and suddenly this word God appears. So, oh, 
I remember that night um, I prayed for the first time in eight years. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, we are on speaking terms again. Mm. Wow. Because even like there was a point where I could have died and I refused to pray. Yep. I go, no, I, 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 I could pray myself out of this, but I'm not going to. Fuck you, God. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't. But that night I prayed. I said, I don't understand it. Something's going on here. And that was when I had like this almost like born again, again experience. Born again, again. I like that. So, Anthony, I mean, it, it appears to me here that you're seeing a different God or a different Jesus or, or, or whatever that you did when you're in the fundamentalist scene. What was the difference between the God you saw while you're in the fundamentalist scene and the one that seemed to be appearing now? It's about universalism. It wasn't what do you about, mean about that? Was it about who's in and who's out? Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't about judging. It wasn't about, yeah, um, I've got the truth and everybody else is wrong. Um, it was about, you know what? We're all on a journey. We're all trying to make sense of what this life is all about. And we find comfort in different things. And, um, you know, yeah, that's that. That's what I did. I found comfort in an understanding. I was able to embrace stuff that was so familiar to me i live very much by my values and i realized that was really what i wanted initially was a congruence around my values that uh, that was the way that i live my integrity my respect my compassion all these things now are what i live by so it's it's a universal thing it's not like oh yeah well christianity's got the only answer so do you think it's like what Rob Bell calls love wins? Is that where you came to or was it like love's always won and, it, you know, many paths? Where are you at with that? Yeah, you know, when I'm not sure what to do, I always ask myself the question, what would love do now? Mm-hmm. What would love, you know, in a situation with an individual or, or you know, I can work with sometimes I have some people who really dislike me intensely and then i think well what would love do now would it tell them to fuck off or would it <laughs> go or would you just like oh can we talk about this you know there's, there's different ways of approaching and people i think are too quick to react people from our background you know as we know there are some very toxic spaces mm-hmm. which really don't help people it just they've got this identity where they're almost like victims and they just keep feeding that identity by re-traumatising themselves with information and the stories and what they're hearing and the people they're mixing with. That's sad. Here's a thing that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I think you guys would probably relate to this. I've made peace with my past. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I made a podcast, but go on, Kika. 
<laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I have made peace with my past. So there's not huge amounts of anger or angst or, you know, I I have my PTSD issues and I learned to manage that. But you know what? There are some beautiful things that happened to me back then. Totally. Yeah. That, that sure. I, I, I'm, I, I'm rege- there was a point where I rejected it all, but you know what? I've embraced those things. I've made peace with my past. I, I understand what the exorcism was about. I understand what those ecstatic moments in worship were all about. I, I've got a better understanding of all that stuff. And it feels so comfortable to say, I come from a Pentecostal heritage. Yeah. Yeah, I've often, I've often wondered. You know, in the same way that you talk about cultural Catholics and cultural Jews, I wonder, are we coming to the point where we're sort of reclaiming our cultural Pentecostalism? God help us, God help us. But but is that what we're doing? I mean, even I, through this podcast, yeah. are we basically saying, okay, you know, social justice, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff that the Catholics and the, you know, and the, and the more secular Jews do, and we're going to have our framework as being, we came from Pentecostalism. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say Pentecostal heritage because I'm I'm first generation Pentecostal in our family, mm. um, but but really it is about that cultural thing. You know, there's so many things that you know, language that we use. You know, that we're using even in this podcast. You mm. know, that we talk mm. about things. And you see it, you see it in our face group. Facebook group too because yeah. people are dropping names and you remember this, remember that, etc. But look, I'm just I'm really cautious of time because you know we're gonna we're gonna run out of our third episode time and this is our last episode on this. So I want to ask you, Anthony, what are you doing now? What are you doing? That's what what good are you doing for people that you don't want to suffer what you suffered? I'm changing the world, saving lives. <laughs> same know? old, same old. In a, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. But essentially what I'm doing is, you know, I provide support for LGBT people from Pentecostal evangelical backgrounds, Christian backgrounds. I work with churches. I, I, I can't, like this last Sunday, I spent time with a church which is moving to becoming affirming of LGBT people. Mm. Um, I've been working with them for a year on this. I have conversations behind the scenes with uh, mega church pastors, with church leaders, with denominational leaders. And it's all about creating a dialogue, a respectful, intelligent, informed dialogue with these people who are willing to have a conversation. If I came across as a militant, angry, aggressive gay activist, they would never, ever entertain the idea. But because I come across and ask the questions and do it in a respectful way and not attack them, that door's open for me to work with churches. I mean, on our website, abbey.org.au, you'll find one of the greatest, well, one of the most amazing things I've had to do was to work with the International YMCA. Oh, wow. And work with them to become LGBT affirming, and you can read about that on our website if you put oh, the, the irony, the <laughs> irony, right? Yeah, YMCA. <laughs> I know, and I, you know, that was three days I spent in in the Czech Republic with twelve people from all over the world in the organisation. 
six of those were from Africa, I believe, in countries where homosexuality was a criminal offence and people were jailed because of it. So, yeah, I get some fan fantastic and fascinating opportunities, but it's all about reaching out. And what about the people that rejected you then? Have any of those come back to you now and said, we were wrong, we're sorry? Not sorry, but I, you know, I, I have had some conversations with some which have been very lovely and uh, not many, not many. There's there's some of the high profile pre people in the Assemblies of God today that I would like to have a conversation with, mm. but um, they're, not, they're not ready for that, I don't think. Um, but there have been a few, not as many as I would like. Being. Didn't you do something about steering Hillsong away from ex-gay therapy or something? I spent a lot of time working behind the scenes around that and worked with Brian and 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 endeavoured to do that. He got to a point where he said to his staff, nobody is to refer anybody to an ex-gay perversion therapy type program. Okay. He, that, but that has not been followed through in, with, the, with the leadership globally or, or in the local church. So, yes, I was involved in that, and it was an important step, but it's not – then the, the dialogue shut down. I thought you were going to say he said, no one is to refer to anyone to an ex-gay ministry except the one that we're about to start, praise <laughs> God. Well, you know, I have a whole – 9,000 word article on that whole journey with Brian, which is I, which is on my website. I did start to read that. Anthony. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't finish because I I really needed yeah. to um get on with work. But uh, I definitely will finish it. I, I promise you because it's interesting. So, how can the church reconcile their past anti-gay and even present anti-gay history, uh, and welcome practicing? homosexuals, gay, intersex, people who identify differently, whatever. How can the church bring them into the fold and care for them? Once again, you know, on our, on our website, we have some strategies and some resources mm -hmm. for this to help churches because nobody moves from anti-gay to gay affirming no. in one step. This takes some time. It takes dialogue. It takes... Um, education. It takes it takes time to work with people. Like this church I'm working with is actually the same church that I went through my ex-gay experience with. Can you believe that? That's powerful. I'm actually working with them. Wow. So, um, and that's been 12 months of work, mm. and and we're almost there because you've got to give people space and time. The gay people would like to have that done just like that. <laughs> yeah. But you've got a lot of a lot of work to do. It's about education. It's about giving people space to question, helping them to learn to live with some ambiguities, mm. <laughs> and uh, creating a space. They need a space. Um, but you, but they move. And I'm going to work with other, uh, several churches in Wollongong shortly who are <laughs> coming together to do that. Yeah. But it's very exciting work. But it's too slow. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it all happened tomorrow. I, I hear of churches, and you know, I, I'm I'm not involved in the church scene, but I, I have friends that are, who, and fr friends that have told me that there's churches where 
um, they allow same-sex couples to attend, to be a part of the congregation. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's, you know, that's that's wonderful. And then the response after that was, however, they're not allowed to hold any positions of authority, be on the stage. They're not even allowed to hand out the communion wine. And I think, oh, almost, yeah. you're almost there. I have this meme which went viral. <laughs> and it has the four positions, anti-gay, welcoming, accepting and affirming and the difference between those last three positions is enormous mm -hmm. the the welcoming and accepting says you're welcome we accept you but yeah the affirming says we love you full stop <laughs> mm -hmm. but that is a, a journey for them to go along so you know people could find that once again on our website as i say it's been shared like uh, 50,000 times last time I checked. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You'll have yeah. to post it to our Facebook group. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. People okay. need to understand the difference. I, I just keep thinking back to to my clubbed out friend with those scars, you know, and, and again, here's the metaphor of, you know, touch these and feel what you're doing is real, you know, mm. that, um, that, that it's, this does matter. These are these yeah. lives. This is, you know, and, and even the people that don't necessarily take their own life, the the turmoil the trauma this matters i wrote a letter to the national executive of the great aog yeah. in 2008 highlighting or summarizing all the emails that i had received thousands of them from people alerting them to the harm and the damage and the trauma that are causing the people yeah. to to date Nothing has been done about that. There, but there'll be called on that. And once again, that letter is on our website, abby.org.au. And how and, do we spell Abby? Oh, sorry, A, A double B I. Okay. A, yeah, something of Abba, but with an I on the end of it. So, and it stands for Ambassadors and Bridge Builders International, Abby. And we'll, we will put those um, details in the show notes as well, so people will have a link to that. Excellent. So yep. That'd be great. So we all want to leave a legacy. You, you've got many years left on this earth, I'm certain of that. What's That's the legacy a... you want to leave? What do I want to leave? What would be absolutely amazing, and I don't think it, it would actually happen in my lifetime, is that I would like, no, I'm going to take that back. You're allowed. I have a dream, and I shared this with, I won't mention his name, but if I did, everybody listening would know it. And I said to him, I've had a, I've had a dream, and I'm standing, I'm standing at a big conference. There are thousands of people, and the conference is saying sorry for the way we have treat, treated LGBT people. Mm. And there is this wave of repentance that sweeps through the congregation of people. I'm weeping on the stage, they're weeping in the congregation. And there is this amazing moment of reconciliation. And he said to me, in our church, we believe in dreams. Wouldn't it be amazing? It'd be amazing. I won't let that go away. So how do you sit with 
Pentecostalism now? How do you sit with the AOG and the APOs and the Charismatic Baptists and, you know, everybody that comes under that sort of banner? Who are some of the other CRCs and all this kind of acronyms? How do you sit with them all now? And the revivalists. When I heard them, I listened to you and I'm going, oh, my God, yeah, I know about those people. I've had dealings with them. (laughs) (laughs) I know everything you, you went through there. So, you know, there are some lovely people in those churches. There are some wonderful, there are people who are in a questioning space. There are people who don't even fully believe what I believe or are anti what I believe, but still they're good people. And I've learned to allow people to have their beliefs and their faith. And I know what I believe and I know what causes harm and I will try and change that. But I'm not out to destroy people's faith. I've learned about allowing this. Does that make sense? What do you mean by that? It is allowing people their journey. So say, for example, um, Alan Chambers, who was ahead of Exodus, yeah. you know? Um, so I was in a dialogue with him before he closed the whole organisation down. And he was not there at that point. And I was in dialogue with him via email. And we were having lovely conversations and people were you know condemning him and he should say this and he should do that and i'm going he's on a journey (laughs) Mm -hmm. you need that allowingness you know we're all on our journeys and instead of just telling everybody where they should be right now people's a space to and they may never come to a good understanding but you're not going to make any difference by just constantly condemning other people mm. and putting them down. Am I making sense there? It yeah, sounds like you're you're being graceful, Anthony. You're employing um, grace. I want to be. I want to treat other people the way I'd like to be treated myself. Mm. Oh well, now see now you sound like Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me, sounds like the golden rule to me. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And and look, look, the, the the same is true for for the you know the flip side of the coin in atheism. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of atheists that are quick to condemn, um, you know, believers of any sort. And you know, and then as you know, even within Christianity, Christians are quick to condemn each other. And same within Judaism. You know, there's there's you know the reforms. You know, arguing with the Orthodox. On and on it goes. Um, but the idea of being inclusive, the idea of bringing everybody in, the idea of being welcoming, you know, regardless of your beliefs, I, I actually think that's probably what, if there is a God, I think that's ultimately what we're being asked for. And like you said about this idea of what would love say, I would I, love I practice to. that. Yeah, what would love do and what would love say in this, in this circumstance. You don't need to have God in your life to do that. But it doesn't matter if you do. Yeah, yeah. What a what a great world that would be. Would be an amazing world, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, well on that note, 
I, I just want to thank you, Anthony, for laying yourself bare. I mean, it's it's brought stuff up for you. We can see that. Um, we can hear it. But it, you, you're brave. You're brave in telling your story. You're brave in being honest with yourself in a way that many people aren't honest with themselves. And you can see the growth in you for that and absolutely the ability for you to impact people's lives because of that honesty. Um, we wish you all the best. We wish you all the best with Abby going forward. Um, I'm sure in the future we will bring you back in again because this has been an incredibly interesting and informative time and I know that you have a lot more to say. There's no doubt about that. Um, we will put the um, the details in the show notes about Anthony's book, but also uh, about some other organisations that you may want to reach out to if this has triggered you and brought stuff up for you. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, you can get all that support that you need because that is important in uh, the going forward and the healing. And that is what we're all about is, is making sure that we find the silver linings. Yeah, and I think it's also important to know that we're going to um, certainly invite Anthony to loiter in our Facebook group and answer questions and respond to people as well. So the conversation doesn't stop here, um, especially if you want to talk about, um, you know, where to go next, what to do, how to find out, then, you know, Anthony's going to definitely be there for us. You're very gracious. And I want to say thank you for creating this space and uh, for this opportunity to be with you tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. We'll see you all next week. Teeny Bopper Fundies. Ciao, everyone. See you later. <laughs> Ciao.